0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Science in the City, your gateway to the New York Academy of Sciences, online at scienceinthecity.org. I'm Nadia Popovich. Between our genes and our lifestyle choices, like diet and exercise, our bodies are capable of reacting very differently to the same health problems. That's why medicine that works for me may not work so well for you. But lately, there's been a lot of buzz forming around the concept of personalized medicine. That is, medicine based on your particular genetic makeup. Some claim it's the wave of the future. Others aren't so sure. But in some fields, like cancer research, a more individualized approach to diagnosing and treating patients has been a big success. Last May, the New York Academy of Sciences hosted a conference in Barcelona titled Towards Personalized Cancer Medicine – Science in the City caught up with some of the key speakers to get a behind-the-scenes look at just what the heck personalized medicine is really all about.
1: I am Jose Baselga. I'm a medical oncologist who is currently the director of the Institute of Oncology at the Valdebron Hospital in Barcelona. And as of July, I'll be the new division chief of oncology at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Harvard Medical School in Boston. Personalized medicine is to try to obtain the right information about the tumor. There are no two tumors that are going to be identical. So there is no two breast cancers that are going to be the same. We now have enough information about what makes a tumor special in order to be able to identify not only the prognosis, how that tumor will behave, but also to identify the best therapies. I had a patient of mine that came to my clinic with, it seemed to be, a poor prognosis tumor. The tumor was aggressive by all the classical parameters, and this uh, patient was a judge in Spain, a very prominent person. She said, are you sure that I really need chemotherapy? I have a very busy job, and I want to make sure. So what we did all together is that we analyzed the genetic profile of that particular tumor. That is, instead of just looking at classical parameters, we look at the number of genes that perhaps were a better predictor. Uh, We did this test, it's called uh, a gene array test, and it came back very clear. Our pathologies had been wrong. This tumor had a very good prognosis, and there was no need for chemotherapy. So can you imagine the reaction of that patient that's being told that chemotherapy is not needed because she has a tumor with very good prognosis? I mean, a patient... Cannot be his or her own doctor. That would be totally wrong. But I think yeah. a patient has to, and the family uh, has to try to ask questions. You know, uh, what are the options that I have? And I think, uh, for the most part, I think oncology is welcome to sit down and see, you know, where are we? What are the options? What are you offering me? Is there any other way? Do I really need chemotherapy? Is the chemotherapy that is being proposed the best for my case? Are there additional options? Can we talk about the future? Can we talk about the side effects? Can we talk about what are the expectations of therapy? And these type of discussions are are critically important. The fact of knowing better what a given cancer is uh, with the information that we already have today is is giving us an edge to treat better. So uh, I can only see but good news in this direction that we are taking, in which no two patients will receive the same therapy. Every patient will be different. And that's the promise of personalized medicine.
0: But personalized medicine goes beyond cancer care. Stephen Friend, president and founder of Sage Bio Networks told Science in the City a bit about the changes a personalized approach to medicine has brought to the medical profession overall.
2: Medicine has been developed as if we we're all enough similar that if you are a person and you have a disease shattered by recognizing that what makes us who we are across our body, particularly in cancer within the tumors, is very different in important ways. And the second is that diseases that we had assumed are called cancer. And so for me, personalized medicine is an acknowledgement that individual people are enough different that we can't assume that what works for one will work for all. And that diseases that we had assumed would be equivalent, depression or diabetes, for example, are in fact a multi- Have tools that would allow us to develop ways to make sure that actually those patients who are not going to respond would not necessarily have to get those drugs. So here's an example where the technology... to have, which is, well, have you asked whether that drug will work in this uh, patient instead of does that drug work in the in generalized pre-personalized medicine mm-hmm. era, I think?
0: Today, the technologies available for mapping our genomes are much more widely available and affordable than ever before. Brian Pollock's company, Life Technologies, is a leader in the development of next-generation genetic sequencers. Here's what he had to tell us about the current state and future of personalized care.
3: Uh, I mean, the vision would be that at birth, um, you have a PKU test, right, for uh, genetic abnormality and metabolism. Uh, there are other tests that uh, are, are looked at for, uh, based on obtaining a blood sample. In the same way, that same blood sample would be used to do a full uh, genomic sequencing on the individual. And so a, uh, a person at the start of their life would have their genome sequence and their physician would be able to refer to that uh, throughout their entire course of care in their lifetime. And I think it's happening in very rare cases, but not really now. Probably. I, 10 years, maybe 15 years, I think it's more, not so much dependent on the technology, more dependent on uh, the healthcare system and the ability to absorb those types of costs. But one would expect that uh, this would be a cost savings exercise because knowing your gen- genetic makeup would allow a physician to be able to prescribe the right medication the first time around. Certain instances would be able to understand the predilection for disease and to make cost-effective uh, course corrections in lifestyle.
0: Thanks for listening. Science in the City is a nonprofit program from the New York Academy of Sciences. This means we need your continued support to keep bringing you this weekly podcast, as well as the rest of the Science in the City program like our events and our website. For more information on Academy membership and to support Science in the City, log on to scienceinthecity.org donate. And as always, we'd love your feedback here at Science in the City. Send us an email to scienceinthecity at nyas.org. See you next week.